Hello, everyone. I thought I would use the Sex and the City theme song because I will be recapping every single episode. That's right. I'm going to be recapping and just like that, I'm also going to be recapping Harlem on Amazon Prime and obviously, clearly, I'm expanding the topics that I will cover in on the P-Valley podcast. So for now, it is called the P-Valley podcast and I will resume my recaps for P-Valley and my P-Valley-centric episodes as season two nears and as it begins. I'm not abandoning the show, but there are other shows that are blowing my mind, like Harlem. So please catch up on Harlem now so that when I recap it and review it, you'll know what's going on without having any spoilers. But for today, as in a Monday night, the day before this will, the night before this will drop, I will release this tomorrow. I'm going to talk about and just like that. So if you caught the series, if you watched and just like that episodes one and two, I'll be giving my opinion. And if you did not watch and if you do not want spoilers, then clearly you cannot listen to the and just like that episodes because I'm going to be talking about what aired on HBO Max. And I'm someone who loves Sex and the City because I love any show with an all-female cast where you could watch and you could see who you identify with the most. And sometimes you'll like certain things about a certain character. You'll see yourself in one character in some episodes and then you'll see yourself in another and you could mix and match. And everybody has always said they're a Samantha, they're a Carrie, they're a Charlotte, um, they're a Miranda. And so naturally, this show, Sex and the City, it has one of the most loyal and one of the strongest cult followings of any show in television history. So fans naturally would, we've wanted more. We wanted to see more because Sex and the City has always represented some sort of utopia for its viewers where it's the perfect escapism we're able to say okay that happened to me that didn't happen to me oh my god it gave us so many things to discuss while we were laughing our asses off all the way and so fans have been asking for a reboot and we were given that with the release of and just like that But, and just like that is every single thing that Sex and the City wasn't, and it's every single thing that Sex and the City fans didn't want and did not ask for. Clearly, episodes one and two, if not all ten, that will be released were not tested. These were not tested out. And with shows, they'll bring in focus groups to test the show, to see if they like it, see how they respond to it, and edits will be made accordingly. This series this show clearly it wasn't tested and it wasn't tested because if it if it had been tested every single place that I went to where I read comments would not have been people obliterating the writers and this show and this series called and just like that it is incredibly tone deaf you're watching it and you're not understanding why anything that is happening is happening. And so I'm going to go in depth 
as in-depth as I can about what episode one was, and I will do so with every single episode. And I just want to say, I feel for you. If you enjoyed Sex and the City in any capacity, I feel for you because we didn't, we didn't want this and we certainly, we didn't deserve this. We really didn't. We are still in a pandemic, a deadly pandemic. And I remember I was on Instagram when I saw on some, some account that I followed, I saw that Sex and the City was coming back and I legitimately said to myself, Sex and the City is here to save us from the pandemic. I literally thought that Sex and the City was going to serve as a glimmer of hope during all the destruction that we found ourselves in, right? And I I wasn't alone when I thought that. Then here comes Sex and the... Or here comes In Just Like That. Thankfully, the show is called In Just Like That because it's already an abomination. And I'm glad they didn't say Sex and the City new chapter, some bullshit. Give it a whole new title because this is an entirely different show with entirely different characters who just have the same names as the characters from the iconic series. The similarities end right there. And just like that is a malicious, desperate, selfish ratings and money grab. I subscribe to HBO Max specifically for and just like that. I literally did not ever in my life have HBO Max, but I subscribed because I said, I'm not going to miss Sex in the City. Are you kidding me? And so Sex in the City, the people behind it, they knew that fans wanted a remake. And we are living in such a capitalistic country that quality doesn't matter anymore. If we can make a reboot, if we can make a remake, that's what's going to happen. But if you're going to make a reboot, if you're going to make a remake, if you're going to take the fans that made your project what it is and what it has been and what, why it's an important project that you put out, honor the fans by giving the fans what they want. But what Sex and the City writers did is it's like, They made a list of what fans would want to see, and they said, let's do the opposite of that. (laughs) That's what we got in episode one and episode two. So episode one, the very first line that you hear is Carrie saying, remember when we had to legally stand six feet away from each other? And then Miranda says, yeah, I miss it. This is how... And just like that addresses COVID, there were few subtle references. And I didn't understand that given the gravity of the ongoing pandemic, that they made light of how ravaged New York was. This is bullshit. And it could be triggering to people who lost someone because of COVID. They never said the word COVID. They never said the word pandemic. But they referred to it. And it was obvious. We, I don't need a social distancing joke, bitch. That's so lame. It's low-hanging fruit. And in that opening scene, in the opening scenes, Carrie has a hat on and her hair, her long hair is flowing down her back and down her chest. And it looks about as moisturized as a tumbleweed. It just looks horrific. 
Carrie, her hair, Sarah Jessica Parker, when it's flat ironed, it looks good because she has such thick, thick hair. But when it's like wavy, it looks like a disaster. I just wanted to spray her with some hairspray and drown her in some gel. I It was disgusting to me. And then Miranda, she needs to whiten her teeth, Cynthia Nixon. So I feel like her teeth were white in the original Sex in the City. And now she's come back with like some serious stains from coffee or whatever is going on. Um, I think that Cynthia Nixon is cute. She's I think she's really cute with red hair. I like her vibe. I like her personality. A lot of people have issues with Miranda. I don't. But her brown ass teeth coupled with that white ass hair, she looked haggard. And she did not need to be presenting herself that way. You don't like, I agree with Charlotte. So Charlotte says, you know, she asks Miranda if she's going to dye her hair and Charlotte still dyes her hair. When it comes to dyeing your hair, it's a personal choice, but I believe that dyeing your hair is the easiest modification that you can make to look younger. So you should just go ahead and do it and embrace it. All right. So we're off to an amazing start. I have to say episode one started out very strong. The ladies are at lunch and Miranda says, I stepped on a used condom in Brady's room. I was barefoot. And Carrie goes, now that is seeing the condom half full. And I loved it. It was fun. I was like, okay, I'm locked and loaded, ready to enjoy the sex in the city that I've always loved, just minus the one cast, arguably the most important cast member of the show. I was like, I'm ready to enjoy it with three bitches instead of four. And then uh, Miranda lets everybody at the table know that she's 55. She says, I'm 55 in defense of her not dyeing her hair. She's sitting next to her two best friends who know her fucking age very, very bad, poor, silly, bullshit writing from the writers. We can see that the women on this show and the men on this show are not in their 20s. They're not in their 30s. They're not in their 40s. We get it. We don't need all these announcements of how old they are. It is so out of place. It feels super scripted and unrealistic. I also loved that Carrie announced to the girls, I have to go do a podcast. They're like jury duty now, which is very spot on. I was like, okay, this is more of what I, this is what we fans wanted to see, the fun little banter. And then quickly, obviously, things went very, very south. So the highlight of the episode was when the three ladies were at lunch, everything other than that pure trash, flaming hot garbage. So I also want to say on the fashion front, I loved Charlotte's pink top and her high-waisted white skirt and her pink belt. It was very Charlotte. It was very, very cute. So then we get into why Samantha is not with them at the table. And Miranda says, it's kind of like Samantha's dead. And the first thing that I think it was Charlotte said, it was Charlotte or Carrie told um, the lady who approached them, we lost her when they mentioned Samantha. And it's like, you guys are really doing the most. They said we lost her as if whenever you hear that somebody lost somebody, you assume that they passed. So it was bullshit that they even said that. And then Carrie, when she's talking to Miranda, she says, 
She fired me as a friend. I thought I was more to her than an ATM. Okay, so in episode one, there is a thorough character assassination of Samantha. Samantha would have never, ever, ever ended her friendship with not only Carrie, but also Miranda and Charlotte, which people noted, why the hell would Samantha stop talking to Miranda and Charlotte if she was mad at Carrie over her firing her as her publicist, which Samantha would never care about because she's wealthy and Samantha is one of the most ride or die friends on TV. So she would have never done that. And then to top it all off, she's going the ghosting route. I mean, they took Samantha and it's like they want us to hate her because she's not a part of the show. Shout out to Kim Cattrall for not wanting to be a part of this bullshit that is and just like that. Kim Cattrall was like, this is a bad idea. This is going to be garbage. I don't want to sully my name and taint my character that is world-renowned and people love and adore by including her in a series that seems like it was written by a bunch of middle schoolers in a creative writing class. She was like, I don't want to be a part of this shit. So then they were like, okay, let's just talk shit about her in a way that was so uncalled for and didn't fit her character just like the other characters. I mean... I know that this series was written by fans who know of the show, like the um, creator, Michael Patrick King or whatever. Guess what? Your ego is way too big. You brought a lot of um, little dick energy to this show, to this series, because everything you wrote for it, it, it's self-serving. It serves you and it serves your vision and it does not serve the fans and the loyal audience. I know I'm going hard, but that's what y'all are listening to me for in this episode. And if you don't want to hear me going hard, then you got to stop now because I couldn't believe what I saw. And what I'm saying is what I'm seeing unanimously across the board. I'm not alone in this, clearly, obviously. So then Charlotte's husband, um, Harry, says that he comes in with a, or he has a helmet and he's on the skateboard and he says that he's a 58 year old Jew. Why did he tell his wife that he's a 58-year-old Jew? Did she meet him before? So again, the lazy, stupid writing. If you want to make us aware of how old these characters are today, maybe don't have them telling the people they're married to and the people that they're best friends with what their ages are. Maybe have them say that to random. The writing was, again, some of the sloppiest writing I've ever seen. So there are hints that Charlotte's biological daughter is trans or non-binary and she doesn't want to wear a dress and she's tomboyish. And that's what I think they may do with her character because this series wants to address, address every single social issue, every single gender issue, every single, um, sex issue, possibly like this series is trying to do the most in such an abundantly obvious way that it's far-fetched, unrealistic, and completely obnoxious. So I'm not the one who said that Charlotte's daughter might be uh, non-binary, and um, but I agree with the person who said that. I saw somebody say that. 
And now it's the quote unquote woke moment that some of you may have been waiting for, where I discuss the X, Y, and Me podcast hosted by Che, um, the real life comic Bobby Lee, and none other than Carrie. So, Bobby, he says to Carrie, why don't you see women jerking it on the subway? I want to know why any writer would think that anyone should ask this question, especially if it's supposed to just lead into the topic of masturbation. Why ask that question? I would like to answer it, though. I live on the West Coast, and I don't ride the subway. I ride the train rarely, but I don't ride the subway. I'm not somebody who grew up on it, was always riding it, but I've I've been on it before. So um, Bobby Lee, that's his real name or writers of this episode. The reason why you don't see women jerking it on the subway is because women are in danger when they are in public spaces and private spaces and in the comfort of their own home. But they're more in danger when they are in public settings like a subway. So if you're a woman and you're in a subway, you don't want to expose yourself and masturbate or you don't want to masturbate over your clothes because whether you're clothed or not, you're still concerned about your safety, period. So why would you add to that by giving a suggestion that you want to get fucked? Why would you do that on a subway where people have been raped and people will continue to get raped? Why would you just be like, you know what? Here I am. I'm on the subway. I want to, I want to come. So I gotta, I gotta jerk myself off. Never mind, there are people around me. Come one, come all. Why don't you rent a train on me while I'm on the train? Why the fuck would a writer put that in this script? Was it supposed to make us laugh? Because I just answered your question as to why you don't see women jerking it on the subway. You know, we're we're trying to get from point A to B without being attacked, without being robbed, without being harassed. We would never ever masturbate on a subway a theater maybe right it's dark other people may not see a subway I just threw out another suggestion of a theater but other places maybe why don't you ask me why I'm not jerking off in a fucking nail salon or some shit while I'm getting my nails did like while I'm getting a pedicure anywhere but a subway bitch anywhere but there so please get the fuck out of here so then Che responds with what can I as a straight cis male personally do to eradicate the harmful patriarchal system of the gender binary binary and compulsory heterosexuality bitch translate please because none of us know what the fuck that means or what it's supposed to mean she's trying to sound deep and smart 
and she's not making any sense though that's the problem like she's trying to get to this destination but she's at the train she's at the train stop we get back to this whole train subway metaphor she's at the stop but she don't got a ticket so she can't get to her destination whatever you're trying to suggest Shay, you're not you're you're failing at it because you don't make any fucking sense he asked that question and then you came in with all kinds of bullshit that your guess what your podcast x y and me it's not gonna accomplish this you want to eradicate the harmful patriarchal system of the gender binary and compulsory heterosexuality good luck good luck with your shitty podcast I'm sorry, you guys. I do. I love each and every one of you and newcomers who are like, this bitch is crazy. I apologize. I don't know. This I'm. This was just, it was trash. It was trash and I can't really hide it. I can't really hide my disgust clearly. So then Che says that she likes to masturbate at Yankee Stadium and how people don't know if she's a man or a woman. Really? Because I see a woman all up over your face, bitch. I see woman when I look at you, Jay. Um, So then they ask Carrie if she, or Jay asks Carrie if she masturbates. And Carrie says, I would like to buy a vowel, please. And Carrie just refuses to answer the question and gets very awkward. And so then later... Che and Carrie are in an elevator and Che says she really wants this to work out for her with Carrie being on the podcast and she tells her you better step your pussy up and it's like I don't know I would like I do like that line because I don't know what the fuck it means but I feel like I too need to step my pussy up I feel like we all should probably step our pussy up so I I love that line actually shout out to the writers for that um but it was very demeaning and belittling especially considering everything that carrie has accomplished and shay is telling her you better step your pussy up it was uncomfortable and unnecessary and people were commenting like um carrie ain't desperate for no job she got money <laughs> like have you seen her apartment do you know who she's married to and i agree like you you ain't gonna tell me to step my pussy up when you're an unknown and I've had this thriving column and have been plastered all over the city as a, a freaking socialite icon, get the fuck out. So then Carrie goes home and she tries to like revert back to her roots of writing down her, you know, puns and all that. And so she's like writing about masturbation. She gets up from her laptop. She goes over to Big who's in bed and Carrie goes, do you masturbate to big record scratch full stop who i want to know who does not know if their man masturbates any two people who are in a relationship don't y'all discuss if y'all masturbate don't y'all discuss that if you're just dating if you're just fucking, let alone being married, like, what? I ask every single guy if he masturbates. Every single guy. Because I want to know if I am going to be the only one responsible for his orgasms or if he knows how to bust a nut on the side. 
when I'm not there. And furthermore, it's sexy to watch your partner masturbate. So how have they been together? And she's asking him if he masturbates. And then she asks him if he could do it in front of her. And I was like, this, has she had sex before? It was, I wasn't uncomfortable with him masturbating. Some people said it was cringy. I just thought it made no sense whatsoever. It was fucking stupid. Like she's watching him masturbate like, ooh, ah, like she ain't ever seen a man touch himself. And why have you done that to Carrie? Why have you taken Carrie, a sex columnist, and made her someone who doesn't know what sex is in this reboot? Another major issue with this series is apparently when you're in your 50s or in your 80s. So Steve, Miranda's husband, he has hearing aids because he's lost hearing in both of his ears. And he says, because I'm old. Okay, great. And while we're inside of the venue where Charlotte's daughter will be performing, Miranda is in line and she says, I'm 55 and I have to pee. Miranda, you just told Carrie and Charlotte that you're 55 and you're telling her again that you're 55 and therefore you got to urinate. Great writing, y'all. Great writing. So 55 clearly is not old enough to be an alcoholic because Miranda hits the sauce before her first day of class and where she's an annoying bitch. Because before she gets to said class, she goes to a bar, sits down. The guy goes, sorry, we ain't open. We don't open yet until 11. She looks on her phone. It says 1046 or 1044 or whatever. And she goes, I'll wait. Like, oh my God, Miranda, you're annoying. She's so annoying. But she's so desperate for alcohol at all times that she shows up to the bar before it's open. They say it ain't open. She's like, that's cool. I'm going to wait. I got to get this, these hits, got to get these goddamn shots in. So next Miranda goes into her first day of class in her school and, or she's back at school. She goes to the first day of class. I'm not going to get into what we all saw because I can't relive it. My heart cannot allow me to relive what happened with Miranda and her teacher and her classmates. It will haunt me. It was that awkward and disturbing. And when I rewatched, so I rewatched episode one so that I could do this recap slash review, I skipped right the fuck past Miranda in class because I couldn't, I would have had to like pick up my laptop. I watched it on a big TV screen the first time. The second time my laptop, I would have had to taken it and like thrown it against the wall. It was too much. You could have made the point that Miranda was trying too hard and she was ignorant and trying too hard if that's clearly the point that you're trying to make. But that scene was way too long. She like with her saying like, oh, don't sit there. That's where the teacher sits. That was good enough for me. But you got into this whole thing and everything that Miranda did in that classroom and said in that classroom and outside of it. That's not Miranda from Sex and the City. The and just like that Miranda also is a character assassination on the Sex and the City Miranda because Miranda would have made so much fun of the Miranda who was in that class. Miranda would have mocked 
the hell out of her, roasted the shit out of her, told her she needs to get it together, read a book, read an article, calm down. This is not how you're an ally. Miranda would have never acted like that because Miranda on on just and just like that apparently had never seen a black person in her life, even though Miranda dated a black person and she also stood up for a black person on the series. But apparently in and just like that, like Miranda was just meeting her first black person, (laughs) even though she lives in New York. (sighs) And now we are at Charlotte's Daughter's piano performance where Miranda takes out a full-ass bottle of wine that she opens and starts pouring like the dedicated, functioning alcoholic that she is. She's surrounded by children, family members of those who are trying to support the performers, but she can't even take a break, even though she's about to watch a child perform. Um... The black boy who gets on the piano and plays is the son of someone that Charlotte is trying to befriend. So when the girls leave for lunch in the opening scene and his mom sits down with Charlotte, his mom says that he hasn't been practicing and that he's going to be performing poorly. Why is it that the black boy isn't studious and doesn't care to practice? And so then he performs and he can't play the piano. How is it that on a show that's trying to be like apparently the wokest show of all time, they don't see that that's stereotypical, that the black boy can't play the piano. Never mind Stevie Wonder, never mind Ray Charles, Sammy Davis Jr., every other black male who crushes it on the piano. Never mind all those legends and all those talented musicians right we gotta make the asian one the future fucking female mozart how is it that they were playing into one of the strongest stereotypes they there is while trying to quote unquote eradicate let's eradicate the patriarchal system and this of heterosexuality like why are you trying to like break down stereotypes apparently while strengthening one of the most obvious and strongest ones by having the asian girl crush it kill it murder on that piano and then the black boy doesn't want to study his piano and he bombs thanks for that writers you're showing me that you could be tone deaf to degrees that i thought were unimaginable which side are you on Are you trying to strengthen stereotypes or break them down? Because you seem very, very confused about how to go about both. Because the -the over-the-top wokeness, there's nothing natural and authentic and genuine about it. There's a podcast where you're literally saying, woke moment, yet asking why women don't masturbate in public. Because, yeah, apparently women love to make themselves more unsafe in public. And then you have a black child who ruins, who has, who doesn't ruin, but has a horrific performance because as black people, we don't know how to work hard and do well. Thanks for that. Um, And last but not least, Carrie comes home from watching Charlotte's daughter perform and Big is on the floor. You've already seen this. And Sherry looks at Big and she goes, Big, and they lock eyes. 
and they lock eyes for a while and the camera spans from Big's face to her face to Big's face to her face. She runs over and he dies in her arms and her Manolo Blahniks get all wet. The same shoes that she wore to her wedding. I don't give a fuck what shoes she had on at her wedding. I don't give a fuck how ruined they get. What was the point of that? Was that symbolism? Like her marriage is over? Her husband is gone? Her marriage is over? Her shoes are gone? Like, what the fuck? Who cares? They're, like, who fucking cares that her shoes are ruined? Why does the whole scene, the shower's going, he slips, his phone is right next to him. What in the literal fuck? People said that they should have had someone there to help him given his heart condition Carrie should have been with him whatever Carrie never called 911 like really somebody was saying maybe you could have given him a bunch of aspirin all I know is we didn't need that graphic scene first and foremost Big should not have died because the only reason why Big died is so that Carrie could be out here sucking and fucking And I don't need to see her sucking and fucking. If you're trying to send a message that older women could have sexual appetites and want to be out here having sex, we got that message from Samantha. And if you want to reinforce that message, you could do so with by introducing new characters. You could have also had Carrie out here sucking and fucking by having her and Big take a break easily. Or you could have written him off the show so that we never saw him die There were so many other ways that Big could have been taken out. If the choice was to take Big out so that Carrie could be out here dating, we didn't need to see that heart-wrenching scene. That just bothered me. It troubled me because I didn't feel that I needed to see it. And I really felt that way, strongly felt that way, because I know that the only reason why Big died was so that Carrie could be out here having sex, which who cares? Who cares? Us Sex and the City fans, we don't feel like we need to see her dating again. And we don't feel like we need to see her dating because there's plenty of other people who could be dating on the show. Miranda's marriage to Steve seems like it's bullshit. And everybody knows that Miranda's clearly going to be fucking Che, the podcast host, which is a horrible idea. Miranda, first of all, she would never be Che's type. And second of all, Shay should not be her teacher teaching her how to eat box and all that like Miranda is annoying and I hate that she's so concerned with being woke and anti-racist and exploring that she's like supposedly she's gonna like go lesbian and shit and you know her and Shay are gonna have something going on and it's gross I think Shay deserves better than Miranda's corny awkward ass but back to Big and Carrie Y'all writers, you know that us fans did not want Big to die. And if you knew that we didn't want him to die, you would also know that we don't want to see him die. And we don't want to see him die so tragically. It was horrible. You didn't, y'all didn't have to play us like that. You didn't have to do us like that. We're still in a pandemic. A lot of us have lost people from the pandemic. A lot of us who watch the show have lost someone that we love. We've been through a lot and you did not have to take us down this road for your own bullshit reason so that we could watch Carrie out here dating. We didn't need to see it. We didn't like it. We didn't want it. We were upset by it. 
It is bullshit. And what I will get into on my recap recap of episode two is Carrie was far more upset when she didn't get married than she was when Big died. You guys have not hit the mark on anything in episode one and two at all. So I'm so curious and perplexed and confused and lost as to why you thought that this was good, that this material, that this writing was suitable when it wasn't at all. It's an egocentric product that you guys put together because nobody, no Sex and the City fan would say that this is good writing, a good script, good character development, no character assassination. Everybody would say this is trash. Every single person. And so you need to think about, you need to check yo ego, just like Carrie needs to step her pussy up. I will watch all of the episodes of season one, at least. I will try to. Maybe it will turn me off to the point where I just have to check out. But I'm curious as to see what will happen and the trailers for the rest of the series the the trailer that came out it it looks decent but you guys already ruined it you are you already fucked up so epically i don't even know if that that's not a word i'm gonna use it you fucked up so so deeply in episode one and two and you made these characters different people that i personally don't believe the series can be salvaged and maybe all of the viewership that you're getting will just be people hate watching and people curious about how badly things can really go and turn into, um, you should be ashamed. You should be ashamed of yourself. And I actually, I know I'm a fan of somebody who's writing on this show and I'm not going to out this person, um, because that's not the point, but I feel so badly for this person because I have all kinds of secondhand embarrassment, mad secondhand embarrassment for anybody who wrote on this show I just think it like it tarnishes your fucking leg your legacy and your fucking re- resume to be a part of this bullshit. So shout out to Kim Cattrall for saying not I'm not doing this. I ain't you ain't gonna get, put me out like this. Y'all could be doing the most and fucking up our our iconic series, but I'm not going to participate. Shout out. She has integrity. She has self respect. She appreciates quality over quantity. And I really hope that this shit is put to bed, as British people like to say all the time. I hope it's put to bed. I really hope that it ends with this one, 10 episodes and just stop because I'm frightened to see what the fuck y'all would do if this shit keeps, if it gets renewed even one time. I'm frightened because what I've seen already is bad. Um, So that is all I got to say about this shit. I really hope that my um, recap was not too intense, but if it was, I hope you feel me. I hope you at least feel me on it, and as a reminder, I will be um, recapping, and just like that, I'll also recap Harlem, and then I'll get back to P-Valley, and I will be putting out um, episode two recap slash review tomorrow, hopefully, um, so on Wednesday so that I can hurry up and and get to episode three kind of flush these out as they air on HBO Max and um, as always please rate 
us on Apple, five stars. Please leave a comment. Um, if you ever want to email me, if you want to be a guest, or if you have any comments or anything like that, the email is pvalleypodcast at gmail.com. Um, thanks so much for listening. We'll see you soon.